Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Alex Avila with Love University, and we're back. I'm an author, psychologist, and speaker. Every week, we talk about how to love ourselves, others, and higher nature, how to improve our relationships, finances, career, health, and happiness. And today's topic is a little bit provocative, and I'm going to give you a little title that comes with it. It is, Marry an Ugly Person with a Beautiful Spirit, and Be Happy for the Rest of Your Life. Now, the term ugly has kind of negative connotations, of course. But if you think about it, we value physical attractiveness to a high degree in our society in terms of commercials and, and people's attitudes. Yet beauty can be inside. We know that you can have a physically attractive partner who is also negative inside. Maybe they're cheap, financially aggressive, disloyal. And on the other hand, you have someone that maybe not the ideal physical type, but you love that person very much and they have wonderful inner qualities of compassion, love, and gratitude. So we're going to talk a little bit about attraction today. What is beautiful in the eye of one person may not be beautiful in the eye of another. So beauty is in the eye of the beholder. When it comes to mate selection, there are several factors that come into play. There's the evolutionary theory that's researched by a psychologist named David Buss that indicates that we choose our mates based on our ability to survive and reproduce. He did a cross-cultural study with 45 countries, thousands of men and women, asking them, what qualities do you want in a mate? Now, traditionally, women have wanted stability in men, both emotional and financial, security, more important even than the looks in the male. The male have often wanted a woman who is younger, attractive, who has indications of childbearing to be fertile and be able to produce children. And for women, typically they are more selective because they have a short period of time for fertility. And also they have a bigger investment in offspring. They carry the child through pregnancy and then often are the main caretaker. So if they make a bad choice in a male mate, it can really hurt them quite a bit. Now, another theory is social role theory that talks about the idea that societal expectations in society shapes what we want in a mate. As women, females make more money in society today and in careers, they are changing in some ways what they desire. In a man, more qualities such as loyalty, maybe being a good lover, maybe being physically attractive and in good shape. Now, the laws of attraction have been researched quite a bit through psychology. What is it that attracts people to each other romantically? When you first meet someone, whether they become a friend or more than that, or maybe a soulmate, a life partner, husband or wife. One of the theories is called exposure. That basically means the more you're around someone, the more likely you are to be attracted to them, just being around them. Now, this could work the other way around. Maybe you find the person annoying after a period of time. But many times people fall in love through work situations where you see the person a lot or school or in their neighborhood. And you get to know the person and you like them. Also proximity, you often fall for people in love that live close to you, maybe in your neighborhood, your church, your community. Although nowadays, the internet is changing that. A lot of people are doing online dating, dating applications where they can meet long distance. So we see a lot more long distance relationships today. Another important factor in attraction, romantic attraction and mating is similarity. The idea that similarities usually do better in the long run in terms of compatibility. Now, some people say opposites attract. And I often talk about this. I wrote a book called Love Types, which became a bestseller internationally on Myers-Briggs, personality types, and love. How there are different personality types that can be compatible or incompatible. And oftentimes, opposites attract in the movies. You might see a romantic movie where she's a Harvard sociologist investigating the hood and uh, some things are going on in, the, in her city. And she falls in love with a gangster. And he's a totally different <laughs> a person from a different upbringing and they fall in love and bullets fly, he saves her life and they live happily ever after in the movie. But in the real life, they might not have a lot in common once they get down to the reality of it. So people often choose mates that are similar in educational level, racial, ethnic, cultural status, religion, and also in personality types. For example, in the love type system, we talk about the imaginative versus the practical person. The imaginative or intuitive is the kind of person that's 
likes to think with their imagination. They're creative, visualizing ideas. They, they might like science, psychology, philosophy. People who are the sensory or practical people are very feet on the ground. They love to experience the sensualities of life, find wine, dining, travel. And they're very practical, realistic, and down to earth. So they can get problems because they can be very different if they don't respect each other's style. The imaginative person says to the practical person, what's wrong with you? You're such a stick in the mud. I got great ideas. Don't you believe in them? And the sensory person or practical person says, I believe in your ideas when you take the trash out or get organized. So it can be an issue sometimes in relationships when people are very opposite. But, you know, sometimes you see an introvert with an extrovert and people that have different social energies and it works out because they respect each other's style. So similarity is important. Another factor is physical attraction, the topic of today's talk. And we know there's something called the halo effect. When someone is physically attracted, we believe they have other qualities as well besides the physical attraction. They did studies where they showed people in the study photos of people that are rated as physically attractive, very physically attractive. And they asked them, what else do you think about this person? Just by their photo. And they were rated, the physically attractive people, as having a better sense of humor, being more intelligent, even being kinder, even though they might not be that way. And you may know people that are physically attractive that are selfish, egocentric, narcissistic, and others that may actually have those qualities as well. So it's always important to look at the inner part. Now, there often are what we call uh, trade-offs. Typically, beautiful people or physically beautiful people choose similar mates of the same attractiveness, and people that are maybe average or less physically attractive choose mates that are similar. But there are also trade-offs as well. For example, romantic attraction versus status or resources. Some individuals who value status or resources may go with a person even though they're not as romantically or physically attracted because they value the security more. Also, there's another factor, dependability and emotional stability versus attractiveness, physical attractiveness. Now, some people will say, I want a physically attractive partner, but they might not be as emotionally stable. Maybe they are a little bit narcissistic or they are moody, but they put up with that because the person is very physically attractive. Other people say, no, it doesn't matter how good looking they are. <laughs> I'm not going to tolerate someone that disrespects me or is not uh, loving in the way I want them to be loved. Another factor or trade-off is education versus the desire to have children. If someone has a very high educational attainment, maybe they're in graduate school and becoming a doctor or lawyer, the other partner might say, okay, well, we don't necessarily have to have children right now. They can put off that desire. But the other person doesn't have that high educational career status and they are stay-at-home. The other partner might say, hey, let's have children. Yeah, let, let's, uh, let's do that. So again, it depends on the level uh, within those, those factors. Also, similarities, as we mentioned earlier, is usually highly desirable. Someone who's similar maybe in religion, uh, educational status, and also outlook on life. However, if someone's very charismatic and, and very fun to be with, the other person may place a higher priority on the sociability or the charisma of the person instead of the similarities. So they might choose someone that actually is a different religion, but the person's so fun to be with and charismatic that they will say, yes, I will do it. Now, how about lack of physical attractiveness? Now, very few of us are the so-called supermodels. You know, the average person is average in, in physical appearance in, in an objective sense. But the key is, well, how do we choose our mates based on looks and, and physical attractiveness? In some studies, they look at what's called the deal maker, which causes you to gain interest in someone, and the deal breaker, which causes you to lose interest. Traditionally, men have had a high deal maker in terms of valuing a woman's physical attractiveness. They want a woman who has that physical beauty as much as they can attain. But interestingly enough, men are more willing to settle for less physically attractive partners, either short-term, either for sexual or dating reasons, or even long-term. Men have been known to marry 
a woman to say she has a good heart. She may not be as physically attractive as I, I may like, but she has a wonderful heart. Women, on the other hand, typically will not date a man they consider unattractive physically. As we mentioned earlier, they're more selective because of mating um, components, but they're able to say, no, I don't want to even begin a relationship with a man who's less physically attractive because I don't want to get involved with the wrong person that I can fall in love with and then not have the right relationship long-term. Another factor we look at is called cognitive dissonance, the idea that you might have a mismatch between what you believe and the way you act. So you might have to change your belief system. So for example, you say, I want a physically attractive mate. Someone's very attractive, good looking. But maybe the person you're with isn't that physically attractive. So you might persuade yourself, actually, they are actually pretty attractive. You know, they, they look good to me. So you do that and you feel better about your choice based on your cognitive dissonance. Now, here's an interesting uh, finding that we saw and are still seeing, is that if you marry an unattractive or so-called ugly man, you will be a happier woman. Now, Reggie, you look at me kind of with a funny eye. Are you an ugly guy, Reggie? No, I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Are you a handsome guy? Um, I think I lean toward handsome. <laughs> I like that. Okay, Reggie, you got so confident. I like that. But, you know, if you were to say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm okay, but, you know, I'm not a supermodel or anything like that. I'm not a Brad Pitt Jr., shall we say. Uh, actually, you would have a better chance at finding a good partner who would be happy with you. Because typically what happens is when a woman marries down in the physical attractiveness sense, a man who's less physically attractive, he's likely to be more loyal to her. He's likely to be more committed and actually more doting on her because he appreciates that he has a more physically attractive woman. As opposed to some males that already have that handsomeness and so forth, so they can go out and find perhaps other women, or at least she'll feel jealous at times. In one study, they found that males who are considered masculine looking have more testosterone. And they're 31% more likely to have marital problems. They're 43% more likely to be divorced and 38% more likely to cheat. So Reggie, you got to shave off that beard, right? Take away some of that, <laughs> that handsome man yet, right? <laughs> you can be a more desirable mate possibly for some women that like long-term relationships. So let's say that you're with someone right now, maybe you're getting to know them, that is not you know, physically beautiful in the so-called external sense, objective sense. How do you fall in love with that person? Let's say the chemistry isn't quite there, but they're a nice person. They're wonderful. And this is what we call the friend zone, which I know, Reggie, you've talked about it before. And the idea is that people that have similar looks, levels, often start dating sooner after they meet. For example, very physically attractive, very physically attractive, start dating quickly, and people that are average looking, date average looking people. However, when there's a mismatch, when you have an average person with a very attractive person, they don't date for quite a bit of time. They're friends for a long time. And we can call this a friend zone. Sometimes a friend zone can turn into romance. Reggie, what's your experience with that? With the friend zone and romance? Yes. Not good. <laughs> oh, really? They did mention one time you had uh, a friend, uh, a lady friend who, I guess, had a, a so-called boyfriend off and on, and you were becoming friends with her, and then you had a little romance uh, attempt. So, what happened with that? Well, there've been a few like that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, like yeah, like um, we interacted, you know, and like I thought there was something there, but. And again, it's happened a lot before, but yes. I guess not, you know? Okay, so either you misread her signals or you had more hope than she put into the relationship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, that can happen, but sometimes it can happen the other way around where you can actually develop a great relationship romantically and uh, long-term from that initial friendship. So the first thing you want to do is get to know the person as a friend. Let's say that person, you know they like you, they're attracted to you, but you may not have the same feeling. Get to know them as a friend. Develop what's called companionate love. Now, companionate love is kind of a love 
that deals with having empathy for the person, uh, having mutual trust, uh, understand, listening to the person. And that can be a very powerful thing when you do that and listen with full empathy, putting yourself in their shoes. And see what happens over time as you develop this companion that love. Invite this uh, friend to group outings. Nowadays, people do things through Zoom and online, so maybe there could be some social activities they could do online. See how they interact with people. Maybe you're in a restaurant. See how they treat the waiter or waitress. Are they kind to them? Are they uh, mean-spirited? See how their personality is um, with other people. Also, find common interest to see if you have common interest with this individual. Now, love types, we learn that we can ask certain magic questions. For example, what do you do for fun in your spare time? So not only do you find out what they like to do for fun, but you also find out if they're introverted or extroverted, what we call internal energy people, introverts, like to read, write, think, and meditate, like to spend time on their own with their own thoughts. Those who are more extrovert people say, I like to go out and socialize and party and have friends, uh, have that as their social focus. As we mentioned earlier, similarities often do better in the long run, but sometimes opposites do attract in the beginning. So you might see the quiet, introverted person with the outgoing, extroverted person. And sometimes it can even work out long-term if they respect each other's style. But sometimes what happens is the introvert says to the extrovert, why do you want to go out with so many people? Who do you love more, them or me? And the extrovert says, and why are you such a couch potato? You just never want to do anything. That doesn't work out. But if you can respect each other and give each other the space to do what we need to do socially, it can actually become a, a, a complementary relationship. The other thing we want to look at when we're dealing with someone who may, who may not be we may not be physically attracted to is to broaden our definition of beauty. What is beauty? Now we mentioned the word ugly, and we said that kind of in a provocative way, because in reality, no one is really ugly. We're all beautiful inside. We're all creations of a higher nature of God, Spirit, whatever you believe in. And many of us have inner qualities that actually can make us physically attractive to others. So you can start to look at this person and see. First of all, what is the physical feature I like? Maybe they have pretty eyes. Maybe they have uh, something about their hair, uh, their smile that you find attractive in terms of physical features. And also, what are their inner qualities? Are they caring? Are they loyal? Are they funny? And those inner qualities can actually turn that person to be more physically attractive in your eyes. We often see this happen with couples. They've been together for a while that initially they may not have been that physically attracted one to the other, or the other to, to one. But over time, they develop a physical attraction because of the internal traits that started to warm up in their hearts. And finally, ask yourself, how comfortable am I with this person? Am I having fun? Do I really enjoy myself? Can I see myself with this person long-term in a comfortable, loving relationship? And one thing we know about what we call erotic lovers, a certain personality type, people that maybe physically attracted themselves, and they like to pick physically attractive partners. And a lot of their attraction is based on chemistry, sexuality, and physical beauty, is that over time, as they get older, their physical beauty fades, and often their relationship falls apart when that happens. Someone gains weight, someone gets older. But the beauty of the companionate love is that you develop this friendship, and that lasts for a long time. You even can develop an even higher form of love called agape, which we know, as, we know as unconditional love, or also a love universe that we call extend loving energy without expectation. So loving the person without expectations. And that's the most beautiful love there is, and that does not fade over time. Attraction fades over time, looks fades over time, but agape or unconditional love does not. So remember this when you go out and meet people or involved in relationships, is to give other people the benefit of the, of the doubt. Maybe they're not as physically attractive as you would like or as you think. 
but maybe there's something inside them that will make them physically attractive to you and also spiritually and emotionally attractive. And you also can accentuate your inner traits that can make you a beautiful person. So there is no ugliness. There's only beauty that has not yet been developed. If you're single, go out and meet people this week and look at their inner qualities. What is it about them that makes them attractive to you? Uh, their charm, their caring nature, and other aspects that can actually make them more physically beautiful. And if you're in a relationship, ask yourself, what are the qualities I admire in my partner? Aside from their physical attractiveness or other things, is it their compassion, their gratitude, their optimism? And think of those things that will also make them more physically attractive to you. So let's summarize what we learned in this way. Really admire your partner for the beauty they have inside as you express your own inner beauty to others. Giving love without expectation, helping people, and being the best person you can be. So till next time, if you want to contact us at loveuniversally.love, email us at loveuniversallylove at gmail.com. Call us at 310-226-8090 if you want to be on the show, have a show question, or even if you want to connect with people. We're doing a love type matching program now on the show where we can invite you to come on and we'll ask you a few questions and we can help you find your ideal love mate partner, compatible love type. Also, make sure to like us on Facebook at Love University Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Love Letter U Podcast. And of course, subscribe to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Podbean. Until next time, Love University students, please put away your notebooks, your iPads, your phones, and have a Love University week. Music.